Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is. I'm Peter Whittle. Now, during the past week, you might have seen headlines about a chaplain in a private school who made a sermon, as chaplains do, and ended up being referred to Prevent, which is the anti-terrorism organisation, which is meant to prevent radicalisation. I'm very pleased that uh, the man at the centre of this extraordinary story is with us today. That's the Reverend Dr. Bernard Randall. Um, Thank you very much for joining us. My pleasure, Uh, absolutely. Thank you. you. Um, I want to, you know, to go through your whole story, of course, but if you can sort of start off with what I just said there. You, you You did a sermon and somehow or other, I think without your knowledge... That's right. Uh, you were referred to prevent. Yes. Now, how? <laughs> if only I knew. I mean, it, it, I, I struggle to understand exactly mm. why, ev- even now. Um, the situation arose because um, the school I was working at, Trent College, um, halfway between Nottingham and Derby, um, introduced uh, a programme from a, an organisation called Educate and Celebrate which goes into schools to promote uh, a very LGBT plus friendly uh, Mm programme, some of which is absolutely unexceptional. No one should be bullied for their sexual orientation or or anything like that, obviously. Um, And the idea that you might in the curriculum make sure that there are elements of diversity uh, across race and, and sexual orientation and so on, absolutely fine. And, you know, was the curriculum a bit too pale and male and stale? Probably doesn't hurt to refresh it, absolutely. And I had no objection to that. Um, but they also smuggle in the sort of identity politics agenda on the back of this thing that no one can object to comes something rather, well, more controversial, let's say. Um, so they arrived at school in uh, September of 2018 and did a staff training session. Um, as I say, some of it was fine, but other bits of it really worried me. And in particular, uh, the idea that gender identity is a protected characteristic under the Equality Act. It's not, is it? Which it's not. So they have um, they had the nine characteristics, but instead of sex and gender reassignment, they had gender and gender identity. Mm. And actually, since then, they've dropped gender entirely. So it's just gender identity doing the job of sex and sexual orientation, which right. is... Which is clearly not what the law says and, and clearly is a, a particular point of view, mm-hmm. um, which I suppose people are entitled to hold. Mm. Um, it, it bothers me for itself, but also because they're, they're basically lying to the staff and mm. then the staff are lying to the children about what is and isn't in the law and, and how these things are regarded by society. So I, I worried about that. I uh, made my thoughts known to the, the head and the deputy head. Um, and because it's a Christian school, it's a Church of England foundation, I said, as chaplain, I'd really like to be involved in discussions about exactly what we do and don't implement. And they said, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll include you. Uh, so I was happy. Fast forward to the, the January inset uh, session, uh, and there was a little... Um, optional session that had a sort of rotor of seven or eight things and you picked three or four and one of them was on educate and celebrate I thought I'll go along and see what's going on because as far as I was concerned nothing much had happened Uh, to find from that that the school had decided to adopt the entire program Mm. Um, they're just sort of bronze silver gold awards and they decided to go for the gold award absolutely the whole package 
Um, and, and well, I was less than chuffed, mm. shall we say. Not only because they'd gone for the whole programme, but because I'd been lied to. I'd been told I'd be involved and nothing. Mm. Um, so I was not desperately pleased with mm. how those things were. I went to the deputy head and said, what's going on here? And effectively, he said, the decision has been made. Um, that's it. End of. No more discussions. Over the course of that year, that academic year, um, I talked to staff and pupils who expressed a variety of concerns, some of them coming from a religious point of view, weren't happy with some of what they were being encouraged to do. Um, some of them from a scientific point of view who, who wanted to say, you know, well, there's biology and it's real. Mm-hmm. Some of them sort of more generally philosophically and they were there. Some upset, some just concerned and many confused. So my practice in the uh, summer term every year was to say to the pupils, what would you like me to talk about in chapel? When I'm delivering a sermon in chapel, so once a week, what would you like to hear about? Um, And one of the pupils said to me, well, have you got a a space left on your programme? And I said, yes, I have. Mm. And he said, well, would you talk about how come we have to accept all this LGBT stuff in uh, in a Christian school? How come we're told we have to accept this stuff? Mm. And I thought that was a really uh, good way of thinking about it. It's not, is it right, is it wrong? People can make up their own minds. Mm. But we're told we have to accept actually an ideological position. Mm. And that shouldn't be happening in any school, let alone a a Christian school, Mm. I felt. So I said, yes, fine, I will talk about it. I delivered a sermon addressing that, saying, you know, there are points of agreement no one should be discriminated against. Everybody should be respected. Everybody's made in the image of God and loved by God. Absolutely no problem with those elements. But there are disagreements between most or the majority of Christians and some of this LGBT ideology. Mm. And so I set out a few of those areas of disagreement and said, you make up your own minds. You may believe these things. Mm-hmm. Or you may believe that's a more Christian point of view, and that's up to you. But most important of all, respect. Respect people, even if you have huge disagreements mm. about the ideas and the beliefs. You must respect. Loving your neighbour as yourself doesn't mean you have to agree with everything. Mm. It never could, could it? Mm. But you must respect that your neighbour sincerely believes what he or she believes. And that's absolutely fine. You can discuss it, but always respect. And that was deemed too damaging, too harmful to pupils. I really quite struggle to understand I've actually, why so much. Yes, I actually have read the sermon and it, it seemed to me a model of tolerance, actually. I, I couldn't quite see what was the problem. And as you say, it's not just about LGBT. It's, it, LGBT. it's, it's actually a kind of agenda which goes much further than that. And, and, and um, But... but there's a big gap between that and then being referred to an anti-terrorism organisation such as Prevent. I mean, this is extraordinary, Sean. And you had no idea that this, this had happened. No, what happened was after the sermon, um, I delivered it a couple of times to different groups in the school, uh, the Wednesday and Friday. The following Monday, I was, I was sort of called in for a meeting with the deputy head and the safeguarding lead. Um, 
and and I, it felt like an interrogation. It felt very hostile, and I was told, "No, your beliefs don't matter. Um, what matters is how people are feeling about this." And some people have been upset. Um, so I was very much on on the back foot. You know, how does it not matter mm. whether what I've said is true or reasonable? Mm. Um, that seemed in school, in an ed- educational mm. environment. That's mm. a surely you start with, okay, let's evaluate the material. Mm. But um, so I was, I was not at my best in that meeting. I have to say, I, I was I was struggling, um, and I was very clear. I, I think that. The teaching of the Church of England on matters of sexuality is what it is, and it's not for me to change. And people should be allowed to believe that. Mm. Uh, and likewise, on you know, there are people who believe that biology is real and matters when it comes to differences between the sexes. Mm. Um, there's nothing radical about saying that. But the the feeling they seem to have taken from it um, that I saw in sort of the report of this meeting as the disciplinary process went on was that it was rare to meet such entrenched views. Mm. Never asked me what my actual view personally on sexuality or any of these issues might be. I was simply saying to the pupils and the staff indeed attending, you may believe these fairly standard things. Um, But that was too entrenched Mm. apparently. And, And so they seemed to have thought that was a sign of being an extremist and extremists necessarily feeds into this sort of sense of violent extremism and I I wish I knew what was going on in their heads mm. whether they really believed that I was that extreme or whether they were standing up for the ideology underlying some of this program or whether they perhaps didn't realize actually how ideological the program is and they just thought oh you shouldn't be objecting to being LGBT friendly which Friendly is one thing, and absolutely, but bringing in extra ideology is quite a different matter. And I think as a, as a Christian minister, to be able to speak about values and morals and say these things, which frankly were little more than United Nations Convention, freedom of conscience and freedom of speech, mm, mm, mm. Um, I, I don't understand the steps between what I said and referring to prevent, but that's they, what they did. They referred to prevent, but then it was the police said there were there were no grounds for taking it any further. Isn't that right? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the full details of what was said to prevent. Um, we're now taking tribunal action, and they should have disclosed that information. Mm. We haven't yet had that, unfortunately. Um, but the the information we have is that the police officer said this doesn't meet the threshold for. Uh, a referral mm. further on. Mm. Um, but he also said, and this appears to have been his personal opinion, that what I said was inappropriate for society, inappropriate in a school and inappropriate for society. The policeman said this. The policeman said this, apparently. Um, which, I mean, people mm. will be familiar with Harry Miller and, and Faircop. Yes, and it's, he's been it's on here. Actually. Absolutely feeds into that same mm. area of concern. Mm. And... And I wonder, you know, would the school have gone down the line they did quite so severely if that police officer had not sort of made them think that they were on the right track? And I can't answer that, in fairness. You mentioned there that the... This is what perplexes a lot of people, Bernard. You mentioned there that there's a group came into the school called Educate and Celebrate. Yes. And they were therefore taken on sort of as a, you know, 
the school became a client of theirs, I suppose, uh, to yes. embed a certain ideology. Um, who are these people, first of all, educate and celebrate? And where do they, you know, like who funds them? What, what is, what's their deal? Well, the, the, the CEO of Educate and Celebrate, which is a charity, um, is um, Ellie Barnes, um, who started off in life as a, as a teacher um, and sort of went through a process of encouraging the schools she worked in to be more LGBT friendly. Um, how many other people actually work for Educate and Celebrate is not very clear. Uh, there's the information on their website is is a bit vague. It's difficult mm. to work out the details. Um, in terms of funding, um, they've clearly received funding um, through various sort of governmental type routes. Um, they charge schools to go in and deliver the training and to sort of mm. um, follow up training to produce LGBT pride champions mm. and, and whatever. Um, so, yes, a little bit murky, and I don't mean that in the sense that I think there's anything underhand, but just it's really difficult to work out, and I'm no expert in looking at finances and whatever. I think this, it, the point you make at the beginning, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, actually, what's so wrong in making somewhere more LGBT-friendly? But the point is, it seems, and that's, I want uh, to go back, uh, just to, I think it's about a year or a couple of years in your story, um, it's about a whole different agenda, isn't it? That you went along, you went to one of their training sessions, I believe. And That's right. There was this chanting. Can you explain? Yes. So the Ellie Barnes came to do a training session for all the staff of the school, um, and it's it's a junior school and a senior school, so it's right through from from basically naught to eighteen. Um, and all the staff were there, and she was introducing the stuff. And as I said, some of it is absolutely unobjectionable. Um, you know, she was reminding staff that Section 28 had been repealed. It's okay to talk about sexuality in mm. schools. Absolutely right. Mm. Um, but there was also this sort of extra stuff brought in. Once she said all the, the good stuff that no one disagrees with, then she moves on to stuff which is a bit more controversial uh, and a bit more with this political agenda. Um, and that sort of culminated effectively in, in a section where she was having a sort of, kind of a call and response um, bit. And, and up on the screen um, was the idea and the word smash heteronormativity. Smash and she had heteronormativity. Mm. Um, without really much explanation of what heteronormativity mm. is. Mm. So there was a sort of question of, you know, does anybody know what that means? And there were a couple of offers of, um, oh, boys like blue and girls like pink. And she said, yeah, that's right. It's that sort of thing. But actually, if you if you do an internet search for heteronormativity, you find out there's a lot more going on under the surface, mm -hmm. and it's a very um, it's a sort of identity politics loaded word. Mm -hmm. um, so she wasn't very open about what it was actually meaning. As a summary of the whole program, mm -hmm. of of sort of breaking down the categories of male and female, uh, or even gay and straight. Mm -hmm. um, it's, that's that's what it's trying to do, uh, and to sort of level everything down to. I suppose they would think it was a sort of freedom, but I would say it goes towards chaos because mm. you just don't know what you're dealing with mm. at any mm. stage. Mm. Um, so that's the the sort of the hidden slogan 
Mm. And I don't think any of the pupils ever heard that expression. It was the staff. So it was the staff doing this, but she was encouraging the staff to chant this. um, And and many of them joined in. And Mm. I don't know whether they joined in because they didn't understand, because um, they were fully supportive, or because they were a bit embarrassed and didn't want to be the person who wasn't joining in. Any and all of those could be true. Mm. Well, it's a sort of... um atmospheres created whereby if you don't join in with something then somehow it's going to be noticed yes. uh, you know that, that that is the general sort of atmosphere in which we seem to live have you had any support from the church of england at all in this? um i have I mean, had... you're being supported so you're 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 going for you're going to i should explain this actually yes. sorry about it. you're you're going for unfair dismissal aren't you, you you're, you've got a date for that um and well Discrimination um, and unfair dismissal, now that I've been made redundant initially, it started with discrimination, and now they've made me redundant. Um, They they didn't want me in the school, so... Right, okay. And that's being um, supported by Christian Concern? Christian Concern, um, who I gather have actually put up a a fundraising page on their website, christianconcern.com slash Bernard. There you go. If anyone wants to contribute. But what about the head honcho? I mean, what about like the Archbishop of Canterbury? Or um, So far, nothing from the Archbishop. Um, I have had wonderful support for a number of clergy colleagues um, that I've sort of worked with. Um, I'm connected to Derby Cathedral a little bit and the, the team there have been really personally supportive and I couldn't fault them for a second. Um, but as to, as to the hierarchy, um, a deafening silence at the moment, as far as I'm aware. Um, no one's told me that they've said anything. Um, and to some extent, I understand, because whether our legal proceedings, they can't sort of interfere in that in any sense. Um, and certainly, I was told when the trouble initially came up and there was disciplinary process, against me from the school that they they couldn't interfere with the, what the school's process was it had to be an internal matter i understand that that's that's fair enough i suppose um but since then you know should christians or indeed people of any faith or just having a philosophical viewpoint be able to say what they believe and share it and should they even be able to say let's discuss this mm. i think the answer to that is obviously yes yeah, yeah. I don't think that's too controversial for anyone in the hierarchy to come out and say, mm. yeah, we support that element of it at least. But there's sort of, I, I, I'm sure you won't want to comment on this, but there's a sort of, I would say, cowardliness about this whole area, unfortunately. Uh, and in this case, it's from the church, uh, but it's affecting all other different areas. Now, when you talk about this general agenda, what you might call the work agenda or mm. identity politics, uh, you know, same thing really. Um, they do have, I think you've said that, that sort of, they do have characteristics of a religion themselves, don't they? I think that's true, yes. Um, and I think it's really important actually to distinguish being LGBT and T from this I- yes. ideology. Yes. You know, I'd, one of the criticisms of me might have been Oh, but being gay isn't a choice. It's not an ideology. Mm-hmm. And you're comparing different things. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Being woke mm-hmm. and being Christian mm-hmm. are ideologies. And I know, I know full well Christianity is an ideology in, in the proper sense. 
Um, I believe that there's good evidence for the resurrection of Jesus and, and so on. But nevertheless, it's not based on empirical science. Mm. It's an ideology, as is identity politics, wokeness, whatever we term it. Um, so that's, that's sort of underpinning it. And, and when you realise that it is an ideology, as Christianity is, then to see it as a religion or a, an ersatz religion uh, does seem to me to be a helpful way of understanding what's going on. There are, as it were, high priests, the people who really understand, who have done all the the sort of uh, the postmodernism and the queer theory in this particular case, or the critical race theory, or all those things who really have got embedded in that, mm. and the people who write the books, mm. as it were. And then there are lots of sort of ordinary people in the pews who have got hold of some of this stuff mm. and don't necessarily understand every last detail, but they think it's a good thing and they want to go along with it. Just as in a church or any religious group, there are people who have done the training and the studying and the, the faithful followers who will understand some and will do some studying, no doubt, but many of them just know it feels right and they, they want mm. to belong and be part of it. Uh, and that works for them. Um, the comparisons are very strong. Um, the, the Christian church, I think, gave up on heresy trials a long time ago mm. and witch hunts. Um, the, the woke people are perhaps a little bit behind the times well, on that. Their attitude, if, if I can say, is mm. perhaps a little bit more medieval um, oh, in that it, sort of way. Completely. There are heretics. Um, and... Uh, Forgiveness is in short supply, is it not? And, and I think that's one of the key things, yes, mm. that uh, um, as it were a true religion, which has had time to develop over the course of centuries and, and, and you know, it really connects with what it means to be a human being, knows that we are all frail and feeble and prone to sin or whatever word you want to use for our failings, and therefore knows we need to be restored to the community. And we need to be restored to personal integrity. Mm. And so some understanding of forgiveness, put the past behind us, move on. I think you find in all of the, the major religions, and it's certainly central mm. to Christianity. Mm. I can't see anything anywhere comparable in identity politics. It just doesn't seem to exist. And, you know, especially in this sort of internet age where you can dig up what somebody said years ago mm. and use it against them now mm. um, as, as if people can't change and develop and, and make progress in their moral lives is, mm. is just it's, it's very scary uh, potentially to be in the heart of that yeah. well has it been scary for you um, yes what's, up what's to a point been on your life the, well the effect on my life is that I, I don't have a full-time job at the moment um, I've got a little bit of part-time work, fortunately, that helps, but I need a job. We need to pay the bills. Um, so that's the immediate impact. But emotionally, it's been an absolute roller coaster. Um, when you're disciplined by a Christian school for saying what you thought was a perfectly reasonable, mm. not even blatantly Christian, but a sort of liberal, secular, make up your own mind, mm. um, it's, it's hard not to think, have I done something wrong here? Have I really been that bad? Mm. Um, and, and so there were times when I was incredibly low. Mm. Depths of despair, really. And, and that's very hard. Um, you know, and as a, as a Christian minister, I'm supposed to be all about hope. Mm. And, and yes, I am, but also there are the 
the depths of the pit as well. Mm. Um, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is, is there? When we spoke to Harry Miller that you mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, this was the man, Harry Miller, the policeman, uh, who had policemen turning up to check his thinking because of various things he'd liked on Twitter. He described how he absolutely just, well, despair isn't the word. I mean, I think, you know, he just went to the absolute lowest depths. Mm. Um, but, but you have people around you as supportive, don't you? Um, I have had, and, and I have to say, as, as I say, some of my clergy colleagues have been brilliant mm. and the people at Christian Concern really buoyed me up and said, no, you are not mad. You are not some wicked person who, who is hateful. Um, what you said was fair and reasonable. And, and I have to say, because the sermon has, has been published in, in the last week, um, the number of comments I've seen from all sorts of people just saying, well, what's wrong with this? Mm -hmm. This is this is good. This is fine. You know, people just telling me it's a, not just fine, but an excellent sermon. Mm -hmm. And and hardly anything of of criticism of well, you shouldn't really be saying that. Mm -hmm. um, and and that has really been so encouraging. So just as the Twitter mob can damage, actually sometimes the, the Twitterati yes. can show a support. Um, and I think the. The fact that what's happened to me is, is on the face of it, so outrageous, a, a, a terrorism referral mm. for, I, th I think, what's generally agreed to be a pretty moderate sermon. Mm. Um, it, but, but is that the way our society is going? And I think perhaps, I mean, this happened um, a couple of years ago now, and I think actually that the tide is, is beginning to turn. I don't know. The problem with that, was that, I hear it a lot, or, or, or the other one is tipping point. You know, we hear mm. we've reached a tipping point and then something happens and you realise actually, no, we haven't reached a tipping point and, and it is going on. You, you mentioned as well, I read a piece that you've done, um, about the effect of what you might call postmodernism yes. and the absolute obliteration of the idea of truth. Mm. Um, and that this... Agenda, uh, woke agenda, hard left agenda, is, you know, in some ways just a result and a continuation of postmodernism in a way. Is, is that right? Yes, I think that's right. Um, it, it's different. People have different views on exactly what the interconnections mm. are um, with Marxism, the Frankfurt School, into the mm. postmodernists proper, and then it's taken on as on a sort of applied postmodernism. Because um, postmodernism doesn't believe in truth, mm. the sort of applied version, that the critical theory version, has a truth of there are people who are oppressed and the oppressors, and it's wrong to mm. oppress people, and that's taken as an absolute truth. And then they divide the world up into the oppressor and the oppressed, mm. and they want the struggle to overthrow that, which harks right back to the Marxist beginnings of the whole process. Mm. They're, they're interconnected in complicated ways mm. um, but Marxism and postmodernism are, are both atheist mm. systems and certainly the idea that there is a, a sort of overarching objective reality type truth rather than just the truth of oppression which is just about human interactions there's, there's no real world in a sense in that even applied postmodernism um, and as a Christian obviously I believe in God um, and God has 
truth and God as guarantor of the objective reality of the world. And you know, I look at Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth and the life. It's not, I am the opinion, the feeling and the lived experience or mm. something like that. My truth, his truth. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. 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 So do you think it is, because this is a, an argument that uh, I've been having with various people indeed on this programme, that when it comes to critical race theory, when it comes to the woke agenda, in all its different forms, we're talking about one particular one at the moment. Yeah. Do, do you think it is Marxist? Some people say, oh, no, 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 there are no roots in, in, in Marxism, really. Uh, to me, it feels quite Marxist, actually. I think it is. I mean, it certainly feels that way. It has that sort of character to it. It's it's transmuted through various different stages. As I say, it's kind of complicated to work out exactly what's going on. Um, but the the idea of of overthrowing things, you know, smash heteronormativity. Smash is a revolutionary word. It really is, and and it's got a sort of violent image. Um, so, you know, who, who are the violent extremists in this in terms of what they want to do? They want to break stuff down. Mm. Um, and we know that revolutions that break down are generally not a very mm. productive thing. It's easy to break, very difficult to rebuild something better. And I don't think they have a vision of what the better thing really would look like. Well, I think that that might be the big difference between then and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for better or worse, there was a vision before and it was one of equality and all of that or whatever whereas now it seems to be entirely nihilistic I just destroy Um, so what's the situation now when is the date for your your hearing the hearing is currently set for the 14th of June Hmm. this year Um, whether it will go ahead um, on that date is is a little bit unclear at the moment Um, I don't think we're seeing the sort of proper level of cooperation from um, the school's legal team in terms of getting everything ready for a case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we've now had to add in um, unfair dismissal because of the redundancy, mm-hmm. that may mean it ends up getting delayed, but I'd very much rather not. I think, you know, if nothing else, the, the school is suffering mm-hmm. somewhat in its mm-hmm. reputation. Mm-hmm. And, and I think probably the staff and the pupils are going through a tough time. Mm. And I really feel for them. because I, I never wanted this to become some mm. public call celeb. I, I really didn't. Mm. I made a number of, of offers of, of mediation, of sit down around the table, let's talk about this as, as adults, actually work out what went wrong here and how to put it right. Um, and, and none of those were well, not even responded to, mm. really, mm. by the school, which is, is so disappointing. Um, I mean, I, I tried always to do the right thing because you know, that's my calling. I still, in a sense, I still feel I'm ministering to the school, even though I don't work there anymore. Mm, mm. Um, but there comes a point where, uh, you know, you had to say enough is enough. It needs sorting out. And if I can't do it informally, that sort of legal process. Have you had support from parents? It's very difficult to judge because... Um, I had a school email address, but I no longer have it, so I, I can't you don't know no. be communicated with. I've I've had contact from uh, a few people connected to the school, parents and um, certainly former pupils, uh, who have been very supportive. Um, but yes, there, there isn't a sort of network where I would necessarily hear no, what's going no. on 
very easily. Yeah. Um, just finally, uh, once this is out uh, over, it's, it's like out of your hair, as it were. Where do you see the future for you? I mean, what do you think is going to? What do you want to do? Presumably, you want to carry on doing what you're doing now. Well, well, ministry in, in schools. I think that's my vocation. Um, but that said, you know, um, we sometimes talk about a God of surprises. It's not mm. what I want to do. It's what God has got mm. planned, and and I've long since learned not to make too many plans too far ahead, and 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 it will be sorted out for me. So I may find myself doing something quite unexpected. But but yes, my initial thought is I want to get back into a school mm. uh, and trying to help the pupils to think mm. and to, to understand there is more to this world than simply, you know, what's the enjoyable thing in the next five minutes. There yeah. is so much bigger a picture. Mm. Um, and yes, if, I could, if everything went ever so quiet and I could do that for the rest of my ministry I think I would be very content well maybe we can talk to you again when that's over you know when it's sort of done when it whenever it happens um but in the meantime Bernard thank you very much coming in and talking to us about it It has been my pleasure yeah it is it's it's sobering uh to hear this story Uh, I know that our viewers will be very very interested um thank you very much um that's it for So What You're Saying is this week. And uh, we shall see you next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.